if I walk in and I see engagement and smiles and you can feel it, right? You can feel that energy in the room. Mm -hmm. I know we're winning. Like I know we're doing it right. From Chardon Physical Therapy, this is Chardon Biz, a show about local entrepreneurs and innovators sharing their stories, who are the people behind our favorite businesses. Welcome listeners, this is Dave Nelson, your host of the Chardon Biz podcast and also the owner of Chardon Performance Therapy. I am very excited to be here at the Learning Cafe with Tanya. Hey, can you pronounce your last name for me? Bertalone. Bertalone. Yeah. Thank yes. you very much. Yeah. Um, we had met a couple weeks back, talked about most of your story. Yeah. I'm really excited to share this one with our listeners because I totally get what you're trying to do. And I get it because I think we're trying to do the same thing like within our industry. Mm. And you're trying to do this with education yeah. and our youth. And I hope that parents can at least listen to this story just to understand what options there are, what yeah. options there can be for their children. That's great. Yep. Thank you. And thank you for, for having me. And um, it's exciting to talk through some of this because you, you know, asking questions about things that like you haven't thought about and it, for a while since everything started in September and it's gone so fast and here we are. And, um, it's, I'm just excited to share it with the community. It's been, the community has been so supportive and, um, we're just, we're happy to be here. So <laughs> oh, I just thought like, we're like a week or two away from school being done. We have, so next week is our last week, which is insane. Holy cow, yeah. Yeah. Uh, so then I appreciate your time yes. even more, knowing you're wrapping everything up. Um, of course, thank did, you. And I appreciate the, it was just walking through like the classroom areas and yeah. got a chance to see the, I'm going to call it, it like a science project, yeah, right? Uh-huh. What can grow with uh, <laughs> utilizing certain um, liquids. Yep. For plants and what clearly doesn't work. So that was kind of fun. To yeah, see good. That yeah, I know. I'm glad you got to see that. Some of them are, like we talked about, um, you know, we have the classroom space, but then a lot of the students go, it's so nice having the library right there. They go to the library or they just want to be outside on a nice day. So some of them are doing that as well. But yeah, they, they were able to, um, they had some, they, they germinated the seeds and they had, they had to choose their hypothesis. So what do they want to do? Some of them, many of them chose different types of liquids to, to see what would grow better and yeah, it's been fun. They're doing graphing with it, you know, integrating math in it, and it's been a lot of fun. So, so, <laughs> so listeners so far should be a little bit confused because we're talking about <laughs> growing seeds and the library and yeah. classrooms. Um, so, I, I, this would be a good place to just go through the elevator pitch. Like, Perfect. how would you describe what is the Learning Cafe to someone who has not heard about it yet? Yeah. So, we are a homeschool enrichment program. And so, what that means is families that choose to homeschool their children. Um, this is an enrichment opportunity for them. Let's say they're teaching their their student their children classes lessons at home, and then they want them to be somewhere else in a different community, or taught by different adults, or um, experiencing different things. That's where we come in. So um, you know, it, it a lot of these parents. I mean, I give them so much credit for the work that they do. Um, making sure their, their children are getting all the lessons that they want to give them. And um, it's a different lifestyle, homeschooling. And we are there to help enrich that way of being and way of living and way of learning, really. So yeah. th- and that, that idea is so awesome. I think really understanding where that idea came from is really important. Yeah. 
to then answer some questions that listeners are probably thinking about like okay that is kind of homeschool well that's maybe that's like after school (laughs) um extra education or if i'm going to go see like a tutor so to really understand what the process is like it'd be really cool to talk about your background Mm -hmm. from where you were sure and maybe what was frustrating about some of those things and how it's blossomed into i want to be able to provide this for youth yeah Okay. Yeah. So I've been in education for over 20 years. I started in um, traditional public education and um, halfway through my career, I switched to private and it happened to be a Montessori school. And even when I was in, I mean, even going back, to be honest with you, to like my own fourth grade, I remember me being in fourth grade and looking around at the cement wall, you know, remember the big block cement walls Mm -hmm. and looking around and being like, ugh, like, why do I have to I don't know. I just didn't, it didn't feel good to me, you know? Um, And I loved school. I really did. I loved school, but I just remember feeling that the environment felt cold and and just, it wasn't a good fit for me. So fast forward to me teaching, you know, I, I was finding a lot of those same things in public school. And I mean, at that time, we're talking about 20 years ago, but even then, just, it's so, so fast paced. And make give, making sure these kids have this this and this test and this and it was like whoa, so much and and there was so much of the beauty of learning that I was missing in it because truly that's what I I love to learn I always have loved to learn and I felt like a lot of these students were were getting robbed and I couldn't provide that to them because of all these things coming at me as a, as a teacher. So that was one part. And I got into Montessori because of that, because it was a different way of learning. It was a different way of teaching. And I really appreciated that more organic approach to learning. Um, and I was there for, I, I did Montessori education for about seven years. And I, I truly did love so much of it. And I learned so much of it because it focuses more on child uh, development, which to me, is, is such a nice place to come from, from a, from a teaching perspective. But even there, there were these boundaries and these boxes that we had to stay in. And um, it just, it was, it's frustrating for someone, you know, I, I've always been an out of the box thinker. And to be, to feel like you're in a box and put in a box when it comes to learning can be very frustrating, you know. So, um, can you share with us how that looks different than uh, a traditional school setting? So, going from traditional school to a Montessori, Montessori, like from a learning. Well, so a lot more choice in Montessori. Um, For I I was in middle school. Um, I taught at a middle school age level, and so a lot of choice as far as um, not necessarily what exactly they're learning, but perhaps how they learn it or take a large content area like American history. And, and you, you know, your job is then to guide them and to lead them and to show them this and this and this. And then they are like, Ooh, I was really interested in that piece. Good. Go dive into that. You know, like the kids downstairs who are doing, um, the, the, the work with botany, you know, it's here are the basic lessons, but where are you like, what pulls you, what grabs you, where are you engaged? And allowing them the space to dig into those areas. Whereas in a traditional school, it's like, and and believe me, this isn't everywhere and it's changed a lot in 20 years. So I don't want to stereotype all, you know, public and private schools. I'm just saying my personal experiences, this is what they were. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, whether, you know, it's like, here's the lessons, here's the worksheets, here's the test, right? Traditional school, right? 
Montessori, it was more of here are here are some lessons. Where are your interests? Dive into those areas, you know, and really let them get deep into the content. And that's the beautiful thing, you know, what I found to be the beautiful shift from, right, you know, pri- uh, pub public school into Montessori school. And we do bring a lot of that here as well. I mean, once you learn those things as an educator, that's the way you see the spark that kids have in their eyes when they are able to dig in and dive into things that they're interested in. That's the goal. Like, that's what you're looking for. That's your that's your light bulb. That's your, like, go with it, you know? Yeah, so When, when yeah. you're describing the entire process, like, I'm, I'm picturing my son. He's five and a half. So he, he's kind of going through that preschool, you know, yep. phase right now. Mm-hmm. But I, I'm just thinking about like seeing him in that type of environment. And then as you're going to describe more about the learning cafe, it'll be neat. Um, just for me, from a personal standpoint, envisioning him like leading into kind of his own path, but yeah. making sure he's getting that education too. So yeah. this might be a good segue into like the brainchild Unless you have a thought to wrap up. Well, it kind of goes with what you're saying. So I'll just I'll just continue on. I have to say that, you know, I said I was very I was I loved to learn when I was younger and I, I did really well in school. But I have to say that once I got to college, I came out and this is where the brainchild comes from, because I came out of of high school and I was like I was lost. You know, I, I had for, for all those years, I had people telling me what I had to learn. I'm not sure once someone said to me, what do you want to learn? So my brain didn't know how to think that way. My brain didn't know how to even imagine to think that way. And, and I will tell you, just from my own observations, we, I see that a lot as an educator of students who come out of a, 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 a public education or a traditional private education. And it's like, what, you tell me, what do you want me to do? What do you want me to learn? There, that 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 interest, that curiosity, it kind of gets stepped on, you know, from my experience. Again, I don't want, I don't want to stereotype or, and I know that there are wonderful educators out there in traditional education. And I, and I'm just saying this is the, the majority of what I'm seeing. And, and even as I talk with people in the community, I mean, that's just, you know, so, okay. So I can't, the, the idea is when I learned about Montessori and wow, there's this other way. And that's the whole idea is you tell me what are you interested in and let me help you learn more about, let me guide you, let me show you, let me give you the resources you need. Let me, you know. And so when we were, when we were, I, I was in the Montessori and then, you know, COVID happened, right? So which changed, we all know, changed the world. But we had to do a lot of, we had to make a lot of shifts as everybody did. And I think, some of those, some of the pieces that were 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 not as strong within the the, the system that I was in, were really sh- glaring, you know, okay. yeah. um, which I think happened everywhere. But um, that was where the brainchild came from. It's because um, we that box that I was telling you about, it, it felt even smaller, <laughs> and it was like all of a sudden, you know, there were just there's. There's so many layers of things that are going on in in different schools. And I was myself feeling like I was a part of a community that I I loved dearly. And all of a sudden, it was changing because of the world that we were living in. We were all living in, right? And I was no longer aligning with so many things. And I just all of a sudden felt like I was in this tiny, tiny, tiny little box. And 
I quite honestly, I did have a lot of parents and teachers and, and I've had students, you know, throughout my years, like start your own thing, start your own thing. And this felt like finally the right time. I had the experience, I had the years in, and I had this vision for something different. And it started with the words freedom, flexibility, and choice, which we still use those words at the Learning Cafe, because I felt like these boxes I keep talking about, even in a Montessori school, even in this place that we're supposed to have, we're supposed to teach these children freedom, flexibility, choice, all those things, right? It was, that was not happening anymore. And I really wanted something different. And I saw the world seeing education, seeing education for the first time in a long time. I think we all go through it and then we just live our adult lives, right? And we all talk about, oh yeah, what did I learn? You know, I mean, you, you can have those conversations with lots of people. And um, this is wow, people were like, oh, okay. And they were really, their eyes were open to some of the things that were happening in the schools and they just weren't happy. And not everybody, but there were, there were many. And so more and more people started homeschooling. And I thought, okay, May, you know, this is a real opportunity for something. And I personally had a lot of homeschool students come through the Montessori school that I was in. And um, I, I could see places that might be beneficial for them, lessons that might be beneficial for them, you know. And I thought, okay, well, maybe we can do this. Maybe we can provide a space that is like this hybrid version. It's like a school for homeschoolers. We didn't know what to call it. Our language was all over the place. And then we finally settled on homeschool enrichment, which felt really good because that is what we are doing. Um, these, you know, the 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 families that choose to homeschool, like I told you, Dave, it's a different rhythm of life, and it's not a, a wake up at six a.m. and go 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 until you know, five six o'clock at night, unless you want it to be. It can be right, but it's a more organic rhythm. It's a more, you know, some families might wake up at nine and have their maybe they go for a walk and make, I mean there there it's such a beautiful more organic way of, of living and that's what I've learned this year really watching the different families and learning from them um anyway so I thought okay well let's try it let's try offering some classes for homeschool families yep and I'm I'm gonna pause you there for a second because you said something that's really interesting okay and that is you had been recommended by several different folks you should start your own thing I, yeah as as an education provider and that's like i try to think about that that's gotta be such an an odd thing to think about because <laughs> someone is not gonna be like hey tony you should like start your own school I'm like what does it actually what does it even mean <laughs> I know. that's so unusual i know and i would like, say <laughs> you're and, right and in like my space <laughs> hey you should start your own practice like yeah if you're a doctor or something like that mm -hmm. that kind of makes sense because it yeah. happens all the time so you're like going through the process of like, maybe I can actually start my own thing. I mean, you can't just like go on Google and find like a no. user manual yeah. on starting your own thing. So what what did that whole entire process look like? Well, those who were saying, I, I finally, there was a, there were enough people that I was like, okay, well, let's, let's play around with that. Um, let's meet at like a coffee shop and talk about it. And we did. And we just kind of... I'm, you know, what are you looking for, and and what are what what are your pain points, and if I did do something, what what would it look like? What would you want it to look like? So I did a lot of listening, a lot of um, talking to people, and then about a month later, you know, we met again, 
And I started like a little email list and we just kind of, I just really was taking in what I was hearing because believe me, this idea has gone through a million different renditions to what it is today. And it still is, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, and um, yeah. And, And then finally, like the third or fourth meeting, there were like 40 people who showed up and it was like, okay. And oh, and I also remember, I'm like, you know, I'm just gonna put a little something on like a I'm going to go to some homeschool um, pages or groups, you know, on Facebook and just just put a little something out there like, what if? And it was like fireworks coming at me. I mean, I I was like, oh, boy, this is maybe a good idea. (laughs) Mm -hmm. And that's really how it started. And it was really funny up until like August because we opened in September and it wasn't really until August. I mean, I was still interviewing for other positions, right? Like, <laughs> but I had this feeling, I just kind of did this free fall backwards and it was like the the world was was showing me, you know, what it wanted for me. I really feel that way and I was listening and I knew, I just knew that it was the way to go. And so finally up until August, like I said, I we, you could tell like who was really serious and who really wanted to keep going and um and then and then that was that was it we we didn't even have anywhere to be until like a couple weeks before we actually opened we thought we were going to be in the bottom of a church and then that didn't work out and thankfully i i ran into um jim uh and his wife regina uh brought board wine from thrive and it was like you know, our worlds collided and he's like, we have space, come see us. And here we are. <laughs> and we are ever grateful, by the way, to them for that. That That's an awesome like start. And that's, <laughs> uh, there's, there's a ton to that. How, I mean, how can you start the, the learning cafe, the homeschool enrichment program? And like, what does that look like from a, this, the students uh, going through their whole entire education and actually completing their education then moving on to the next secondary level, um, did you have to like learn how that's all? I, I did have to out? learn a lot more about homeschooling because obviously that's not my background, you know. So there, are, okay. that's a whole different world, mm-hmm. and and it's different by state. Like there are different state laws for each for homeschooling. So I had to learn. I had to do a lot of learning, which thankfully I had a lot of homeschool um, parents around me that were helping me learn, um, but. When I started with this idea, somewhere along one of those meetings I was telling you about, one of these parents came to me and said, you know, someone's doing what you're doing down in Cincinnati. And I was like, oh, and they told me the name, Leaves of Learning, I will say, if anyone's down in Cincinnati, please go check them out. They've been wonderful to me and so helpful. And I went to their website and I was like, oh, this is what I'm talking about. (laughs) And I I spoke to the woman there who started it um, in 96 or 97. And I was like, okay. And so when we first opened, everything was very a la carte and it was only for middle school. That was my background. That's what I knew the most about. And that's most of the people who were coming to me. So that's what I started with. Um, And I had a middle school teacher. I had a couple middle school teachers. So that was important too. Um, And everything was a la carte. So we knew we were offering uh, the core classes like uh, science, social studies, math, language, arts. But then also my idea was I wanted to offer lots of different specialty classes. So yoga and theater and music and, you know, digital art and like whatever people wanted. Um, And so, you know, we explored that and 
ended up where we are today, which I, I can, you know, explain better whenever. But um, so it was that, right? It was testing that. And then we had a lot of students sign up for this co- the core classes. And those are offered, so for the middle school, they're offered two days a week from um, nine to three. And so we um, we offer these lessons to them. And it's up to their their families if they want to, you know, take the lessons we're teaching and sort of um, elaborate or dive deeper with the, their children on those, or they can teach something totally different at home, right? It doesn't have to, it, it's truly up to them. We do not, um, we do progress reports for just for feedback and reflection, but we don't give like official quote unquote grades. We don't, um, we don't give any kind of certification or, I mean, that is all up to the parents because it, it completely leaves the education in the hands of the parents. So we are not the accredited organization that is the parents because they homeschool so they come to us for lessons or fun classes or serious classes or whatever they're looking for but then at home they learn the things that and and they are required by the state of Ohio they have um, 900 hours of education that they have to give their children and then um, the law actually like states it at like lots of different air content areas that they they need to cover it doesn't specify like hours of like science or hours of math, really until they get to high school. Then it's kind of a whole new ball game because you're talking about credits for college, which homeschool families can legitimately do. They can give their children the credits they need and the high school diploma to get into college. But we don't do that at the Learning Cafe. We will provide the resources and say, here's how many hours you work, your child worked on math with us. We can do, we'll do that obviously, but we don't have anything to do with giving the diploma or sure. you know that kind of thing and i appreciate you going through that because that is that seems like that's part of like your onboarding process with new students so what what would be the rest of the onboarding process what would that look like and is it different depending on what grade they're in or interests or yeah you know i mean i'll be honest with you right now it's still um it's a it's a complete work in progress because we're so new so when we first started we were interviewing our students um and then, you know, we would sort of like accept them if you would, you know. Um, at this point, we have the register, like our registration is on our website. Um, and so, you know, they go to the website and if and they register for the class. And then, you know, we have um, obviously certain paperwork that they fill out and things like that. And then we do have meetings with, with the new students who come in. So, you know, to kind of just really snap where we are now, f- People who are interested, the first thing that they do is I offer them a tour. And so I'll give them a tour of the building. Sometimes just the parents come. Sometimes they bring their children with them. The next step is a shadow day. So we have a shadow right now, today. Um, we have a couple tomorrow. Um, and that's where the student just comes in. They can spend the whole day. They can spend just a part of the day, whatever they're comfortable with, just observing and being in the classroom, seeing what it's like. We get to observe them, too, of course, you know. Um, and then if it works out for everybody and the parents are happy and we're happy, then, you know, we, we kind of go from there. And that's that's really what it looks like right now. Will we ever go into like an interview process? Maybe. I know that they do at the other the other place I was telling you about, the Leaves of Learning. I know that they do. Um, maybe we'll go back to that. Um, we, we did fill up. So our early elementary program, which is um, ages six to nine years old, we filled up. Um, for next year. And so we are opening another section. But as that happens more and more, 
we may, you know, go to an interview process. But right now it's more just observation and is it a good fit, you know, for them and us. So very good. Yeah. I think that's a great segue into talking about the logistics with the slots that you have. The slot oh, yeah, yeah. And then also, um, who are the teachers and yeah. why does that make part of what you're offering to these students really special? Yeah. So I think when you say the slots, you're talking about, you know, because a lot of times people say to me, how many students do you have? You know, or is like, that what um, you mean? I think or? slots with like how the how the day is like set up. Oh, OK. The, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, like, what are we learning today? What is, okay. what is the focus? Yeah. So where we are now, again, <laughs> keeps we just keep changing with it. Right. Um, but for the early elementary, um, which I should say, let me stop and, and back up a little bit for next year. We are actually opening a preschool program which is ages three to six years old. We are offering, we have two early elementary classes and that is ages uh, nine to 12. And then we have middle school, which is 12 to 15. I do have some high school people asking for classes, but I don't have the staff yet. Um, You'll notice that I did some overlapping there, like six to nine and then nine to 12, and that is intentional so like you know preschool is three to six and then early elementary is six to nine and we do that intentionally with that six-year-old because sometimes you have a six-year-old who who's ready for one thing and you know maybe they need different lessons so we want to make sure we leave that flexibility in there for them um and so those programs are all running next year the um the preschool runs for three hours from 9 to 12 on Monday and Wednesday. And then the early elementary um, class one runs Monday, Wednesday from 9 to 12. And then class two runs from 1230 to 3.30 on Monday, Wednesday. And then the middle school is Tuesday, Thursday. Middle school also has a Friday option for an entrepreneur class and an open cafe, which is more social. Um, they come and they hang out and we do special pop-up classes and, and uh, field trips, and we have a good time. So just so everybody knows, that's what our our um, program offerings are for next year so far. <laughs> and uh, you've done a great job with your website. There's Thank you. Great information on there. You can look at exactly what we had, what you had just yes. mentioned. Yes. Um, we kind of need to uh, share like where are some of the students right now if they're not in the classroom. And what do they get a chance to do? What does their day look like if they want to explore a little bit more, utilize their knowledge, get out there and actually talk to someone, right? Yeah. So do you mean like the ones that are not like, like we have our middle school students are here today. Do you mean like the other, like the early elementary students? Like what are they doing the today? Or do you mean the older students? to explore a little bit more. Okay. So the ones, okay. Yeah. So, so, you know. Right now, we have the middle school students here, and I think maybe four of them are downstairs. Is this what you mean? And mm-hmm. the other ones are, yeah. So um, we are so fortunate to be just off the square. And um, so we have the library that is very close to us. We have local businesses that are very close to us. And so our students, a lot of times, they will ask, you know, and they have they do have permission, but they'll go to the library to do more of their studies, or um, they're linked in with a lot of the, like, you know, they love beans and they love sweets on the square. And um, we, with the entrepreneur program, we've talked about this a little bit, Dave, but they actually, our students have created their own market. It's called the TLC student market. They named that and they create their own products like slime and bracelets and stickers and um, all kinds of things. And they sell them. They even created a little website and Instagram page and just with, with our support, but um, really a lot on their own. 
But some of the local businesses are, they're so supportive. And even um, Sweets on the Square, she has a little shelf where she sells some of their items and things like that. But um, we also have, like, we have the community garden. It's right behind our building. And um, we've made contact with the people that take care of that. And so our students can be learning from that garden and sometimes they even journal in the garden back there there's a butterfly garden over here that they're even using right now for their class so the goal in the future too is just to have more and more of our students really interacting and being a part of the community bringing specialists in from the community talking to them we've had already many organizations who've come in local organizations and talk to them about one thing or the other you know whether it's career development or um, the young entrepreneurs market, the Chardon mm -hmm. market, which our students are selling, um, have a couple tents in the summer. They'll be selling their products under there. So really just trying to engage in the community. So anyway, <laughs> I realize I never answered the teacher question. Um, yeah, that, that, cause that's really important. It's part yeah, of what makes yeah. uh, your model really free. For sure. So Freedom, flexibility, and choice. Remember, I told you that that's like our sort of our motto, our tagline, or if you would. And it's not just for the students. It's also for all of the adults in our environment. You know, being a teacher for, for 20 years, one thing you see over and over, and one thing that I experienced is, you know, whether it's burnout or exhaustion or you give all your energy all day long and then you go home to your family and, and you've you have very little, or I'll speak for myself at least, and I know many others that I've spoken to. It's, it's a it's a sad fact because it's it sad. Is. Um, teachers should be rewarded heavily because yeah. they're taking care of our our youth, and like I yeah. I've seen it over and over again. I have family members that are in the teaching, and yeah. it's hard, and they pour a ton yes. out there, and so the grind is hard. Yes, it's exhausting, and I'm so, very passionate about the well being of teachers mm -hmm. because it's where I came from. It's who I am. And I really wanted to create a place where that didn't exist because we're better for the students, just as parents are better for their own children, when we are recharged and rested and we can give so much more to ourselves or to, to them when we take care of ourselves. Mm -hmm. And so the well-being model for the staff here is, is a priority for me. So that freedom, flexibility, and choice, our, our teachers really choose their own schedule, right? Like, you know, right now, many of them are working part-time. Right now, we just have two. Next year, we will have four teachers next year. Um, yeah, so, yeah. but they know that, um, like, some of them, one of, one of the parents, uh, one of the teachers was a homeschool mom for her whole, her, her daughters are now in, one's at Miami of Ohio and one is at uh, Bowling Green. She's our early elementary uh, teacher, Yvette Slusarski. And we were doing a, an event on the square and her husband, um, Ed, who is uh, heavily involved in the um, Chardon Square Association, mm -hmm. He came up to our tent and he was like, what are you doing? <laughs> and I don't know if we had the homeschool enrichment language first and I was trying to explain to him what we were doing. And he's like, oh, you got to meet my wife. Our kids, our last, you know, our youngest daughter just went to college and she wants something to do. And, and Yvette also has a background in education. She has her degree and her license in, in a, a state of Ohio and special education as well. So she was like such a fit, a, a good fit for us. And she started just by doing a crocheting class. And then 
like I told you, we started off with just the middle school and there were so many people coming to us like, oh, can you please do this for younger students? And I'm like, Yvette. (laughs) And she jumped on board and she opened the early elementary in, I think it was February. And now it's like our most popular program. We have to open another one, which I, she's going to do that one too. (laughs) It's so awesome though. Like, so I think a lot of folks can relate to this, even if they're not in education. When you have freedom yeah. with your job, yep. of course, there's like, well, there's, if you have flexibility, but that requires responsibility, yes. for sure. I literally just typed that into one of our core values today. I added a sixth core value, and it is that with flexibility comes responsibility. Yes. But that changes how someone's mood is, changes how their personality is. They are choosing totally. to come in to take care of these kids. Yep. Uh, which they're, those children are choosing the type of education they're trying to go down with the guidance. Yep. And everybody's winning in that scenario. Yep. This is really exciting. And I say to them, you know, like when we decided to open, this just happened this week, we decided to open the um, preschool program. And I sent an email to all the teachers for next year. And I said, hey, we're opening this program. I just want to put it out there if any of you want it first before I go you know, look for somebody else. And I mean, just them having that choice or that option, or if they have an idea, like, I love whatever, like crocheting, you know, I want to teach a crocheting class. Great. When do you want to do it? How long? What for? You know, it's for allowing people to 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 have that creativity and, and really lean into that with them. There's nothing more inspiring. And then they're excited and they want to be doing it. And then the kids are excited. And it's like, it's a win-win for everybody. And they don't have that burnout, right? Because they're doing the amount of time that feels good for them, feels good for their family. Um, and of course, I look at their background as well. That's really important, how they approach the children. You know, it's really important to me that they understand power with and not power over for children. You know, we don't talk down to children. We actually, the children call us by our first names. This is all, these are all things I learned in Montessori that I believe, you know, in my core as an educator, um, that it's really important that the environment is really important, that the, that the, the children are in and we are a part of that environment and how we talk to them and how we engage and how we our energy, they will they will feed off of our energy. So they need to know that they're loved and cared for and that um, we're excited about what we're doing and that we're not exhausted and annoyed. And like I hear all these teachers like, and I, I get it, I've been there, but like, oh, the school year, can't wait, can't wait till it's over. You know, and I'm like, oh, that's sad. Mm-hmm. That's sad. Like, you know, I, I'm ex- I love being, I'm like, I can't believe we're almost done in two weeks. I'm only going to see you guys a couple more times. But that's because we have balance here. We have balance and it works. You know. Yep. And I know like you, you've been doing a great job of being respectful and professional for the other teachers that are out there that are working um, in the traditional setting. Yes. And because you know that that's there's that's will always be very, very important. And absolutely for, you know, for most people out there. But again, going back to the beginning of our podcast, this is this is really important, I think, for parents to know yeah. that there is just another option out there if yes. you wanted to explore it, which is really cool. Yep. Teachers also, there is another option out there That's if you right. wanted to explore it. If you really love it and you are struggling in the like traditional setting, but you still want to teach and you don't want to go into um, taking care of mortgages out there mm-hmm. or, or get into banking. Because um, I, I, that's what I've seen. That's yep. what I have seen. Yep. That there is still an option that you can work with kids. Yes. And one thing that you mentioned that when we talked uh, prior to this, 
you really dived into a lot, and we don't have to hear, but if you wanted to, um, was ideas. And you're an idea person. Yeah. You love to share ideas. And, like, the handcuffs are off. You have an idea. How does that fit within the children? And run with it. Yeah. Because if you're really excited and passionate about it, that, again, like you said, shows right through. Yep. And the kids get that. Yeah. That better education and buy-in and Absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, that's even part of our onboarding with the staff, too. It's like um, for the middle school and the elementary, the older elementary next year, um, they had the option, the two teachers that I hired for those roles, they had the option of um, doing, like, all day from 9 to 3, all subject areas, or we they could divide them up. They chose, they both chose, I mean, we, you know, we talked about it, but... They're both doing like half days. So in other words, one teacher is doing math and science from in the mornings from like 9 to 11 or whatever it is, 9 to 12. And then the other teacher comes in and she's doing um, language arts and history because that's what they're pa- that's the subjects they're passionate about. They're like, oh, these half days like work really well for my schedule. Like they I really worked with them. I gave them, I think, like six different options and also said, if you see something else, like bring it. You know, I'm I'm s- when people feel like they have a part in their life, like they can help, they can do their own schedule and, you know, teach what they want to teach and all these, it, it just, it changes. It's a game changer because they're, that free, it's that freedom. It's, it's really that like, I can write, I can make my own schedule. Yeah, let's do it. What do you want to do? Yep. <laughs> you know, it's like, great. Yeah. So, so I'm, I'm hearing that entire environment. I can picture like the teachers are loving where they're at. The students are loving where they're at. Um, how are you tracking success? How was that measured? <laughs> so this is a Montessori quote, and I'm not going to get it exactly right, um, but something along the lines of um, that you measure a, um, I think she said an educational, it wasn't approach, but let's just say that an educational approach by the happiness of the child. So there's a lot of observation there's a lot of conversations. So if I walk in and I see engagement and smiles and you can feel it, right? You can feel that energy in the room. Mm-hmm. I know we're winning. Like I know we're doing it right, right? Or And if I have these people that keep calling and saying, start this program or we want, we've heard about the Learning Cafe, like those are the, that's the feedback I get, like that, that tells me we're, we're going the right way. Now, we don't always, we're not always getting it right, certainly. And so I can always tell too, like, mm, that didn't work out. Like, why didn't it? And let's observe that. Let's, let's reflect on it. Let's talk about it, you know? So to me, that's my big measurement is watching our numbers grow up and watching our programs expand and watching, and the happiness of the teachers too. So um, we have a very, I, I, I don't, so things that I think are missing in traditional education and even in the, in the school that I was in, uh, the Montessori school that I was in, um, plan time, essential for teachers, but not just plan time, collabor- collaborative plan time. So teachers often are alone. Um, they're planning alone. If, oh, you get 20 minutes to plan here while, while your kids are at gym. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like it's like just when you sit down and like feel like your brain can work, oh, in they come. And yeah, you're like, right. so I give, I, I, we make sure that I, I make sure that I take care of the, the teachers in that way and that they get um, a lot of good solitary plan time that they can take when they want, right? Like some like to do it at home. Mm-hmm. Some like to stay late. Some like to come early. Like, again, totally up to them. Um but now I lost my train of thought, Dave. Where was I? I don't know why I was saying that. <laughs> oh, just, yeah. It's like the flexibility measuring success. Yes, yes. So um, 
I meet with the teachers. We do um, collaborative meetings as a whole group. We do like logistical meetings. So once a week there is a meeting. And so one time a month it is um, logistical, you know, whatever planning. We need to talk about calendar, like all that kind of stuff. Next is like professional development. So when we want to talk about different uh, materials we want to bring in or the environment or just just different professional development pieces that we want to bring in. The next one is completely collaborative. So I literally sit back and let them go, right? It's like, what are you what are you doing in your class? And this is where the magic happens with teachers. And I, I was able to model this last the last few years at my previous the job that I was at, and it was like magic. Watching these teachers and listening to them get these ideas from each other and build it. Oh, I'm going to do uh, and it's it's the coolest thing. And they don't feel alone anymore. Mm-hmm. And they feel like you know, it's really exciting as a teacher. So that's a big like that's that's a big one for me. And then the last one is a one on one. So meeting with the teachers regularly and they just love to share what they're doing a lot of times. Again, they want to bounce ideas off. I'm gonna, I thought about trying this or I did this. It didn't work. And what about this? And And I just sit there and I listen and most of the time, that's all they need. And then they feel like, ah, like validated. And, um, you know, they're working on all this stuff by themselves. And then it's like, oh, I get to share it. And and so those are really important things. And and keeping that communication open and, and knowing, walking in, if I see a, a teacher who's down, like, we're going to address that. Like, what's what's going on? And if, if it's, it doesn't work anymore, it's okay. It doesn't work. Let's find somebody it does work for because that's what it should feel like. It should feel... You should feel happy and joyful and um, lighter when you come to your work and like should feel purposeful and meaningful. And if it doesn't, like we're just in the wrong place. It's you you, you talking about that process. Like if I were to remove the words like teacher and students and just uh, switch that out for like a team member or an employee. Right. And and um, customers. Yep. It, great model yeah great model nothing like it's it's perfect that's what i think a, a business yeah. should how it should run um you're you as like the leader are listening to the folks that are taking care of your customers yeah um it, it just it is so awesome that you're just applying that great model to education mm-hmm. and it, it, it i almost scratched my head and it's like how come how come that isn't <laughs> like a standard process in yeah. the education world why is it strange for me as a as just like listening and going through like your story why is it is it strange to hear that Mm. model and i think it's because like i i just never saw that or that's not how i went through school Mm -hmm. seeing that or hearing about that collaboration i don't think it's the it's, it's not made a priority every educator knows that's what we need they all know it it's that and i and again it's not every school, it's not every, you know, but the majority, they just don't make the time for it. It's not, it's not paid time, certainly, right? Like most teachers are planning at home and not getting paid for it. And and that's just, and, and, and that's fine because if it's a passion, but still, it's like, you know, it's honoring that time and knowing that it, it is very valuable. Um, and there are schools more and more that are creating plan time within the day, but it's tricky because from a financial standpoint, it's tricky. What do you do with the kids while you're planning? So you, you know, and, and there are, I, I do really see schools making shifts to, you know, later start times. And um, I know a couple schools, I have 
you know, friends and family that are in different schools and they, they have big blocks of, blocks of planning during the day. And those are the things that our, our teachers and, and even administrators, that's, that's what we need as educators to be better at our work and to recharge and reflect with one another. But um, it's, I would not say that it's like the popular way to do things. It, it wasn't, it's not made a priority, I, I believe, as much as it should be, mm-hmm. you know? Yep. Yeah. I, I, and that makes a ton of sense. Yeah. But it, yeah, I, I, I think that I hope that my comment, uh, it just, I feel like it's going to resonate with a lot of people. And I'm sure you've heard that conversation a lot. Like, how come, like, yeah. your your idea of what you captured on, it seems like common sense. Right, right. Oh, yeah. It's not like, <laughs> yeah. Yep. So, and, it's, and you're it's, it it's, it's make, it's doing it, right? Because we say it. That's what I mean. It's said a lot, but no, do it. Yep. Like, you know, it's going to make everything better. Just do it. Yep. <laughs> You, you did talk about next year's programs. Yes. Um, I would like you to hit on more about if, if there's something you left out. And then also, um, you, you had asked me questions about how do you get a podcast started? Like, how, yeah, that, maybe I'd like to get into that. And here's yeah. what I want to do with that. That'd be cool for you to share. Okay, well, So yeah, we talked about the programs for next year. We're doing um, the preschool age um, and the early elementary and then the older elementary or upper elementary and the middle school. Um, and I think I said those times, but the the younger students are, are 9 to 12 for the preschool, 9 to 12 for the early elementary first class, and then 1230 to 3.30 for the early elementary second class, which is our which just opened up. And then the upper elementary is 9 to 3 and, um, on Monday, Wednesday, and then middle school nine to three on Tuesday, Thursday. And then that entrepreneur class, which is going to be awesome. So just to to add a little bit in, I already have, um, there's a local, um, he's a a, a local entrepreneur and he has his own marketing business. He actually coaches me and he is offered to come in on that entrepreneur class for the first nine weeks and do um, lessons for the students to get them going on their products. And so, and I hope to have, more people like that coming in and helping, you know, pe- real people out in the world doing the work, coming in and talking to our kids and really helping them. And that's going to be a 12 to 18 year old class. So there will be room for some high school students. I know some of them really get into um, selling things and create, you know, they're entrepreneurs. So anyway, I'm really excited about that. That's great. Yeah. Cool. So, and then the podcast. podcast. Yep. Yes. So, I just, I had, I was actually speaking to a friend of mine and then, and she mentioned something about a podcast and I thought, oh, that would be really great. And then Dave, I was listening to yours and I'm like, okay, I think I can do this. So what I, my project for the summer, I want to create a a learning cafe um, podcast and the purpose of it would be to give a voice to homeschool parents, students, families, right? So because there's a lot of people out there who, first of all, let's say they're already homeschooling. Just to be in community with other homeschoolers and and how do you do that? And what's your schedule like? And what's your day like? And what kind of curriculum do you teach? And, you know, there's a lot of, it's just helpful to be in community when it comes to that. And so giving, giving, you know, allowing them to talk about that. But then we've got this whole new wave of people who are not happy the, with the way that things are in schools and really wanting to homeschool, but are terrified. <laughs> like, how do I do this? Where do I start? What are the laws? You know, um, and so really giving a voice to how people are doing it. You know, how we homeschool, I think is maybe what I'll, I'll call it. Who knows? But um, 
So I'm hoping to do that this summer is interview a lot of our parents, you know, that we have here at the Learning Cafe, even parents who are not here, but I just happen to know through just the homeschooling community. Um, and even some of our students, you know, our middle, especially our older students, our middle school students, and talk about their experience as a homeschool child and what that's like. And um, so I think that would be fun. I think that would be, you know, I don't know. I think that would be good. It is. It's a. It's, yeah. a, it's a great <laughs> idea because, like, that is. Those are all individual um, experiences that are very likely different, and there's going to be some similarities. And it's just, it's a real person. Yeah. You get to give them a voice. Yeah. Not only the student, but the parents too. Yeah. So that'll be fun. Yeah, uh, I, I think can, so. I I'm can, excited about it. I think. I feel like sometimes people there's a stereotype about homeschool kids. Oh, they're not socialized. Oh, they did like there's this weird there I think it's it's getting better, but I know when I was younger, like that's what it was. And I can tell you homeschool the homeschool students I have I have come across are some of the more socialized young adults and children that I've ever met. They're and I don't know what that is. I don't know why that is. Um I don't have an answer, but I can tell you that that socialization thing is not true and I just think they're like anything, there are stereotypes around them and I want to give them a voice so that they can kind of break through those stereotypes and then help people who are like, uh, I really want to, but I'm scared. Right. <laughs> you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, let's go back to uh, just one more thing about your um, your model. And that is one of the things that makes your uh, model different. And that's the ILP. I don't think we talked oh, about that Oh, yeah. A lot. Thank you. So. Yes. So, you know, a lot of students in traditional school, so this is sort of a, a play on words here, but, um, you know, IEPs is, is what they're called in traditional settings and, and even non-traditional settings. And that stands for Individual Education Plan. And those are given to students who have some kind of learning challenge or behavioral challenge, and, and which is, it's, 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 a, it's a great thing and um, it's good to have that. But I've always felt really strongly that, you know, everyone has challenges learning. Everyone has behavioral challenges at some point. Like there's, everyone has something, right? There, and to, to just kind of give it to, to like one group, I just feel like you're, you're kind of, um, what about all the, what about, what about everybody? And so what we do is individual learning pathways. And so at the beginning of the year or even throughout the year, but we will meet with the parents and um, and the students, if it's appropriate, age-wise, and we will talk to them about what their educational pathway should look like. What are their goals? You know, this is another thing when I was in, especially in Montessori, that I saw that it was like you'd have one parent who had a completely like really wanted like the traditional route and like grades and like all this stuff, and then you'd have another parent who wanted this more like free, open learning, and it was like. If we would, you know, if we would take the time to talk to our parents and, and our, our students and, and we're given the permission to what what are you looking for? What are your goals? Some parents bring their t- children here and they're like, I just want them to have a different social group. Some parents bring them here and they're like, I just need a break. <laughs> really? They do. The moms who Nothing wrong with they're that. working so hard it's and they're important. like, yeah, I just need somewhere to drop my child off in a, in a safe place where I know they're learning and, and doing good work. And I need to go like, you know, grocery shopping or something. Yep, it's, um, it's legitimate. It's great. Yeah. And some it's, you know, I really want them to work on their math skills or their writing skills. And so we really we develop these individual learning pathways for every single one of our students and they have different goals and those are the goals that we try to work on throughout the year um, and we check back with so yeah I mean that's um, something that's really important to to the way that we're doing things and we keep our class sizes small I don't think I said that either Dave because you can't possibly do that 
when you've got 30 kids in the room. I mean, my goodness. So our um, our preschool program is only six. Max is out at six students. The early elementary um, maxes out at eight. Our upper elementary maxes out at um, 10, and then middle school maxes out at 12. Um, and that way we can really truly have an, a different educational path for every single student. And really, isn't that the goal? Like, we shouldn't all be taught the same way and the same things and the same, you know, it, we're all different. It, uh, yeah. I, it makes sense. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, I'm really glad we talked about that too, because it uh, it also gives, I think, the the parents an idea of part of that, that would be part of the onboarding process. Absolutely. Right? Is, yes. It's like, Hey, we are talking about things and I'm, I'm envisioning like a couple that's kind of like a counseling session. Like, Hey, can we be on the same page and understand yep. and answer questions? And so you have a really important role with that and that's helping to guide, helping to educate, and understand the different options. And then if the student is allowed to be in that too, like age yep. appropriate, mm-hmm. Now they have a voice too. Absolutely. And that goes right back to your mission statement. Um, can you say, because I'm, I'm missing the third one, but you have the flexibility. Freedom, flexibility, freedom. and choice. Okay. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Hitting all those. It's, yeah. It's excellent. Thank you. Cool. Thank you. Oh, I always have a fun question I ask on the podcast. Oh, okay. And, uh, so it, w- it would apply um, <laughs> your freedom, flexibility, and choice. Uh, at King Cone, what are you getting? At King Cone? Yeah. What's your King Cone right now? Like, what are you going <gasps> to order? I'm kind of boring when it comes to ice cream. I would get a soft serve vanilla on a sugar cone with sprinkles. That's great. That's great. That's a, uh, my my son is right behind you. He's grabbing the same exact thing. Okay. So that's, that's great. That's, that's so funny. I love it. My, my wife takes it one step further. She gets she goes for that same exact thing, but instead of sprinkles, like a hard cone, blue okay. raspberry. If it's okay, if it's all right. So. What about you? I, I go a little bit more wild. So the um, the mint moose tracks is out of this world. Ooh, so that, that does sound good. And I'm kind of weird. I like it in a cup. Mm. And I like it just a, like slightly melted. Okay. So I like to mix it around. And oh, my, my husband wife, does that. He <laughs> takes it. He gets like, yes. and, he, and he mixes it. And That's now my daughter the, does it. And I'm like, mm, the, it's the best. I don't, I don't know. <laughs> my wife, if she listens to this, she'll laugh because she makes fun of me for it. And I just... <laughs> That's how I prefer it, just a little bit melted. Now, not soupy. Yeah. Like, there, there's a line. You can't just like – you have to be able to turn the cup upside down and it's not pouring out. Okay. Yeah. That's too much. Yeah. It's, it's been too long. That's so funny. So I love I'm on it. board. I, you know, I get what your husband's doing because I've always done that. That's so funny. Oh, I and love I, it. I actually prefer my ice cream in a coffee mug. I don't know why. Oh, so, that's a twist. Yeah, just It matters. I don't know why. It that matters. Is. That's it. Yeah. It does. It does. <laughs> Well, thank you so much. Is there anything oh my that we gosh, didn't touch on that um, you would like to make sure you get to share? You know, I don't think so. I'm just grateful. I'm grateful to have the space to talk about this and um, excited for the future and just grateful to you for allowing me to have this space. And so thank you. Well, you are very <laughs> welcome. I'd like to point out and recognize that you have created quite a cool job for yourself. Thank you. For sure. And, <laughs> and others too. And like you created this. Yeah. Going back to one of the first things you said was like people were telling me I should think about starting this. And it still is just like kind of mind blowing to me. Like, yeah, I'm going to start my own school. Sounds good. And then, you know, a year later, boom, here we are. You know, and, and uh, so I, I'm, it's going to be really cool to watch your progress Thank you. and watch the growth. And uh, there's going to be some really lucky teachers that Thank will you. get a chance to work with you and get on board. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. Mm-hmm. This was fun. It was fun. <laughs>
Hey, I wanted to take a moment to say thank you very much for having a listen. I hope you had a lot of fun hearing about the background stories, about the businesses that you drive by every day. For more information about Chardon Biz and also more information about Chardon Physical Therapy, go ahead and visit ChardonPT.com. That's P as in physical, T as in therapy, ChardonPT.com. Also, go ahead and subscribe so that you can have a listen next week.